Welcome to the Perfume Room. To open up this week's episode, I thought I would have a brief conversation with a very special person, someone who comes up in many of the episodes of Perfume Room. I am joined today by my mother, Karen. Mom, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Well, I wanted you to come on because you were telling me a story the other night about my father, um, who is no longer with us, hadn't been with you for a long time before that either, but he used to work in fragrance marketing and I had no idea. So can you please share the story that you told me? Well, back in the 70s, it was when it was the women's movement, the launch of Ms. Magazine, and there was a, a whole thought about what could it mean to have it all, in quotes, have it all, right? And so there was an advertising agency that your dad worked at, and it was called, ironically, I believe, but they didn't see it as an irony, advertising to women. Mm-hmm. And so one of the uh, accounts that they had was a fragrance called Anjali. Which actually came up in last week's episode right, with Margaret. That's how we started this conversation, right. because of Anjali. And I said, I remember Anjali, and I told you the lyrics of their song, which Can was, you do them for us? I can, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a no, pan. No, you sang it. Okay. okay. I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. And never let you forget you're a man. I'm a woman, Anjali. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most off-key ever, but you can imagine. No, that was flawless. Thank you. Yeah, flawless. So the, uh, but obviously that was like in the zeitgeist of the the mid-70s, which was how a woman could have it all, be Mm -hmm. the breadwinner, and still be sexy. And that was the marketing. And dad was involved at this agency. And they were in their early inception. And I was telling you the story about how... So the agency is called Advertising to Advertising Women. to Women. And it was a couple who ran it. And the way they would pitch clients was they would hire actors to sit at desks and they would bring in all kinds of plants to make the room look really filled up so that it looked like a very busy environment when people would come in. Mm-hmm. So the whole so thing, it was like they'd find someone who'd be like, hello, I'm on the phone, but it was right, just Or they actor. would just be typing nothing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just really crazy. And that was... Sounds uh, like me in corporate America. <laughs> And so what did he do for the campaign? So he was he wasn't on the creative side as far as developing the campaign. He was involved in the media and so figuring out where they were going to market that ad and how they were going to make sure they reached women who would buy the product. So I mean if they were thinking about like Charlie, I think that may have come up it as well. It did come up, yeah. And Charlie is another one of those with this and you remembered it somehow you knew that the creative mm-hmm. was this like woman walking very powerfully through the street and, and waving her hair as she'd mm-hmm. like, you know, nodded her head and everything. So that was, the, those were the images that were critical in that time. So thinking about your own perfume experience, what did you think about the marketing of fragrance as you were, you know, in your, in your 20s and 30s, sort of this like wave of like the independent woman? Did it resonate with you or did you just like see no. through the BS? No, I, it didn't It didn't resonate. I got it. I got what they were doing, but I also just saw it as the marketing ploy that it was. It didn't really connect to me. And so were you wearing perfume? Not really. Okay, but you've told me like about different perfumes that you... Well, were- when I was young, there were some perfumes and things that came up when you were talking to Margaret Cho, like mm-hmm. Jean Nate. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the smell of my early teen years. And mm-hmm. then there was canoe which was a men's cologne and I thought I was so advanced because I loved this men's cologne I just thought it was heavenly and, that and if was, you had to say what it smelled like today like- I can't remember it was somewhat astringent I think and I don't think I it I, it wasn't it was it was slightly masculine it didn't have that piney scent but it was it was a little bit lemony I think but I mm. really don't know if I smelled it somewhere I would recognize what it was but mm-hmm. it's been so many years since I had that and then there was, I had a little bottle of something called, I think it was 1492. And mm-hmm. it was something that my grandmother gave me from a trip she took. And I thought that was really It wasn't, great. it wasn't 1711. It was 1492. Like Christopher <laughs> Columbus inspired. Maybe it was 1711. I have a visual image of the bottle. It had like a blue label. I think you're thinking of 1711. <laughs> but good to know. <laughs> you do know the year Columbus set sail. <laughs> 
Mm, I love 1492. <laughs> you can tell how engaged I was with it. Yeah. And the only other thing I remember, too, in my, like, late teens into early 20s was the the solid perfumes. Like, they called them concretas, the mm-hmm. ones, and you just sort of, like, rub your finger on it and then smear it on yourself. And it was... You make it sound so romantic. <laughs> What were you wearing? It was like a rose. It was a really nice rose. Mm, and a good schmear. <laughs> a schmear rose. Oh, good, good. Okay, so your journey with perfume, as I've talked about on this podcast, is very interesting to me because you kind of have acquired perfumes at different points in your life, but you actually never wear them. You've sort of built a wardrobe of a few perfumes, and you've I've never associated you with a smell. But as I've gotten more into fragrance in the last few years, I've gifted you fragrances that I thought you would like. Have any of them stuck with you? Well, I just want to say I always went into stores thinking I wanted to try a perfume, and I would try it in the store and I think maybe I'd like this and then I would put it on one time and I'd sort of choke I I couldn't breathe I didn't like them and I don't know why they would appeal to me in the store and then I'd get them home and I wouldn't but mm-hmm. you gave me something that I absolutely love which is amber blends which was smells like it was made for you it, it, it radiates just, off your skin right. I, I think of it as part of a wardrobe like I would put deodorant on and I would put amber blends on because mm-hmm. it just feels and the like deodorant you've been wearing <laughs> I don't even know how that it's like a discontinued what is it called <laughs> well it's unscented and it, she wears this like unscented deodorant that like I don't somehow it is still sold in every major drugstore but you don't what is it called always dry idea dry idea yeah it's like not marketed anywhere it's like if you know you know and you have to be you have to have been born before 1975 to even know that it exists as an option but there's always like one little bottle of it wherever you go that's right but it doesn't interfere with my amber blends, so that's the good news. That's great. Well, I'm glad that it's as high in your wardrobe and then as I, dry idea. And then I've, I've tried doing, like, mixing two different ones, but the other day I put something on that you thought was pretty awful. No, okay, you put, you were gifted, like, you got it in some, like, gift bag or something, the Clean Reserve Muguet scent. Right. And you love Muguet scents, but to me, the Clean Reserve Muguet is not a classic Muguet. It kind of smells a little, like, I'll say a little bug spray-ish. Yeah, but the other Muguet that I have, what's it called? The Kenzo Kenzo. uh, Parfum Detail. Yeah, you had talked about that on one of yours, and I just ordered it, and I really like that. Mm -hmm. And so you wear that one? I wear that sometimes, and I've I've actually tried that together. And then I have a whole bunch of those testers, like 30 of them, Mm -hmm. and every once in a while I'll pull one out and just see how it is but mm-hmm. I don't know what I like really and what is your mem- I like Meliora though you I mean, like Meliora yeah so my question to you is as my mother have you always take noticed my interest in perfume like what's what was your experience with me growing up and perfume I mean you always were going into my mother's perfumes and you've mm-hmm. talked about that mm-hmm when you were a little bit older, but still fairly young, wanting to go to Sephora all the time. And I couldn't figure out why you liked Times Square. I thought that was the <laughs> most horrible place to go. And then I realized after a while, it was because we were always going to end up at Sephora while you sniffed your way through this through the store. So, mm-hmm. um, so you always, you know, that was always something that I was aware of. And also, you wouldn't buy a bottle of shampoo without opening it. And probably still to this day, you open every bottle before you would buy a new shampoo. Because the scent is the be... most important thing to me. Right, and I, I just never even thought you of it. You wore dry idea since <laughs> since eighteen since fourteen ninety two. Okay, well, mom, it's been a, a really fun little opening having you on the podcast. Do you have any parting words before we get to today's episode? Well, actually, you were at the show for today's episode because today we're going to play a part from the live show. Oh, well, I loved that show. And the energy in the room was so incredible. And the only thing I want to say is, you know, I love wine and we've done wine tastings Mm -hmm. and I've taught you about wine. And I feel like what you've taught me about perfume, how great is it to have that kind of experience and not even get any calories in your body from that. That's pretty awesome. Oh, my God. Such a Jewish mother. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. We are going to get to the episode for you guys today. We have a special treat. We have cut down uh, the live show for you. So you're going to hear a clip from the panel. You're going to hear my interview with Shabnam Tabakol, who is the founder of Kismet Olfactive. So without further ado, let's get to the panel from the live show. We have an incredible expert panel for you guys. 
I'm sure you guys know these creators. They are so talented, so smart, so funny, so engaging. It is my pleasure to welcome to the stage Dolma Alton, Liz Renstrom, and Travalia Wallace. you a little bit about them. Okay. Travalia was born and raised in Miami, but is spiritually a New Yorker. <laughs> Travalia is a fragrance specialist and stylist and social media fragrance entertainer and entertain she does. Liz is a New York-based photographer, editor, and fraghead. She's worked for The New Yorker, Vice, Refinery29, and her work has been featured literally everywhere. <laughs> And at the end of the day, all she wants is for you to smell vintage Bath & Body Works. Dolma is a TikTok creator and brand advisor to consumer brands and startups across beauty, fashion, and wellness. Welcome to the stage. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, the first question that I want to ask all of you is what are you currently wearing, fragrance-wise? <laughs> um I I so I had a sample of Not a Perfume by Juliet has a gun. Mm -hmm. And I, I like it. It's subtle and has that weird like sheer thing going on. I like that. I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm smelling. All right. <laughs> Liz, what are you wearing? I am wearing I wanted to be perceived from the stage, so I'm wearing <laughs> Colonel Flower by Oh Frederick shit, Mall. you're gonna be perceived. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna be perceived. Are you really perceiving? She smells Liz? great. Trevelyan? I'm wearing Killian Good Girl Gone Bad. Oh. Would you say Not that that's the extreme, oh, just okay. the original one. Okay. And I will say, to me, I really don't smell that big of a difference between the extreme and the original, but I'm not fighting anybody else who does. Okay. How did you guys each get into fragrance? I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> and no, seriously, straight out of grad school, moved to New York City because, right, this is where I have to live. I'm going to be this big singing star, but I had no job, so I got a job at Sephora. And they were only um, hiring for fragrance. And that's how it began. Wow. So you're a singer as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but... All right. Okay. Liz? Um, I feel like... I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people got into fragrance because of their grandmothers, but my grandmother loved Avon Skin So Soft, mm -hmm. and I have so many memories of being slathered in that oil growing up. And when I started <laughs> this project, I, I wanted to find it again and just see what it brought up for me. And that's really, yeah, Avon ladies, probably. <laughs> Beautiful. My mom got me into it. Yeah. Yeah. What was she wearing? She wore a lot of... She loves opium. I don't know. I don't remember what she wore. She wore a lot of, she had phases, as we all do. We, we go through phases. We contain multitudes. Okay, love to Dalma's mom. Okay, well, I have questions for each of you because you all come from such different expertise and backgrounds and creative point of views. So, Travalia, I know that you are a fragrance specialist and stylist. And one, I would love to hear more about what you do every day. And also, I want to know, what are people asking you about most? What is hot right now? What are the requests? Day to day, I work at Nordstrom's, and I, um, I'm a beauty stylist there, but still my specialty is fragrance. And most of my consultations are virtually. They're just FaceTime, and I ask a series of questions to try and figure out quickly who they are, their mm -hmm. personality. And then I narrow down thousands of fragrances in the store to something that I think would be perfect for them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like 95% on point. I can't say I've never had someone was like, <laughs> that was not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, we find something else. Right. <clears throat> but interesting enough, Throughout all the years, maybe 10 or more years now that I've been selling fragrance, people still want stuff, something that makes them smell sexy. Mm -hmm. Or they that or they'll ask a, a question like, what's the best woman's fragrance? What do you say when you get asked that? Stop asking me that. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm like really real. Like, you can't. That's not fair. That's not right. fair to me because we're all individuals. Yeah. And so I would need to know that person to know what's best for them. And when I break it down to them like that, then they're like, okay, but they just want to just tell me this. I'll get that. Mm -hmm. 
that's mm-hmm. what they want. Mm-hmm. But when we interact and engage and they start hearing questions like, are you happy? Does your husband pay attention to you? What color um, nail polish are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Do you wear your purse crossbody here? And they get these questions. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh my goodness, I never even thought if I was happy. <laughs> You know, and they're like, what does that even matter? And I'm like, because I could pick something that could help with that mood. Oh, okay. What would, okay, so, so question. Where they think they want yeah. a sexy fragrance, they may not want that after all. Interesting. So if somebody wears a crossbody bag versus just an over the shoulder, how are you going to change the recommendation? Usually the difference um, is for those who wear it on their forearm, oh, bougie. Bougie, right. The scent itself has to smell a little more. I have never worn a more, purse like that in my life. <laughs> it has to just smell a little more sophisticated. Okay. Um, those crossbody, casual scents, any kind of something okay. that could be the. A clean I feel really uh, attacked right now. Uh, and and you'll be and you'll be just fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. So that so these things just help build a picture for me mm-hmm. about who they are. Those are just the questions I need. Mm-hmm. Other specialists can ask other other things to help them identify the person they're working with. Mm-hmm. But they just it, they just help me. Do all your friends seek you out for free perfume advice? Yeah. I, I don't have friends, dear. <laughs> but I've never had anyone, friend, associate, who just contacted me and was like, what fragrance should I wear? I've, I've, I actually wish I, I went through that. Right? Don't you feel like it's like a waste? Like when you are a fragrance specialist and your friends just like don't like perfume and you're like, well, what the fuck am I no, supposed to I do? I do have a best friend and... Nah, she's not really into it at all, but wow. video games, yeah. So what would you say is the fragrance that comes up the most in your job? When I was at Saks, it was Baccarat. Rouge, yes. 540, all the time. Yes. All the time, after the pandemic. I hardly heard of this fragrance before it. I wore it, I felt special. I would walk and people would be like, <laughs> <laughs> you smell important, you know, that kind of thing. But after the pandemic, it was almost like that's all. Like, hi, where's the restroom? Where's Baccarat? Where's yes. the restroom? Where's Baccarat? Um, but now that I'm at Nordstrom, I, I don't hear it as much. Yeah. All I hear people say is, what's a different fragrance? Something that mm. no one has. Interesting. And what would oh, you, what would be your shock factor fragrance? What would be the fragrance that you'd be like, no one's going to have this, but it's excellent? La Perola. Wait, the, what? The oh, private collection of La Perla. Oh, interesting. I haven't uh-huh. even got my hands on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm digging, like, possibilities. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that one. I just smelled it. I can't say I agree with the pricing, but I don't control that. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Trevelia, thank you. Uh, let's move on to Liz. I'm curious. So for those of you who don't know Base Note Bitch, as she explained, it's like if you go to her Instagram account, you are going to see, like, Malibu Musk, Bath and Body Works, like all the all the heavy hitters of like the 90s and early 2000s and 80s. What nostalgic fragrances feel most relevant today or you think like they could fully be like a 2022 launch and we'd be none the wiser? Not just because everybody's obsessed with Y2K again right now, mm-hmm. but I think if Ga- uh, the Gap or Gap re-released with great intention, like Dream, Grass and Heaven today... Yeah with their original formulation, yeah, I think it would do so well. I know that they still carry, like, probably a very watered-down version of it in some, like, outlet stores, but if they re-released... I know. Oh, like, whatever was going on in, like, 1998, I think they would do amazing because they're so unisex. They're yeah. so... I, I feel like you you find out if, like, you're a grass person, if you're a heaven person. What person you can, were you? I was a dream person. Smart people. I mean, but I don't know. It, it, it like caters to your personality. And I feel yeah. like people really want to uh, pair their personality with their fragrance. So I think Freesia is also having a moment right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I'm ready for the Freesia comeback of 2022. Is anybody with me? For anyone who's <laughs> in the audience who's just a friend and is like, Emma, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm here to support you. I know nothing about perfume. You're probably just like, this is like a really deep cut. How are you guys doing? <laughs> You're good, yeah. You're just like, we just wanted to see a show in the city and we're just like going like heavy hitters. Like, did you smell the re-release? What about the 2019 formulation? Um, Don't you kind of wish they went back to all the old formulations of oh. all the fragrances of yeah, today? Yeah, I want to, do you ever go, do you seek out, like if you have, I don't know, like say Miss Dior, like 
yeah, they re-released that, and it was so good, and they they changed it. And now you have to like go up and buy like the what year was it like twenty seven? I, I don't know. I, I want the two thousand five version, like yeah. two thousand nine version. They they've gone from Miss Dior to Miss Dior Sherry back to Miss Dior, yeah. and I just wish all of the fragrances, even Flower Bomb, they just went back to the oh, original really? formulations. I don't understand. You screwed up Spice Bomb too. See? Wait, I have a story about Spice Bomb. Can oh. I tell you guys? Yeah. I Okay, so I was in a coffee shop co-working. This was in L.A. I used to live in L.A. I used to live in Venice, and I used to go to this coffee shop called Bodega. And I was co-working, and this guy walks by me, and I have no interest in the person, but he smells amazing. He smells amazing. So I walk all the way across the coffee, like the, um, the coffee place to go up to him, and I'm like, hi, and I'm trying to ask him what he's wearing because it smells so good on him. And he's like busy and he's like kind of frazzled about work. So he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm not interested. And oh, I was my devastated. I was like, how dare you? I wasn't even interested in You're you. You're like, I want to know your cologne. It, I know. It was my traumatizing spice bomb story. So Wow. You know, what do you guys think about like, okay, I'm sure if you guys are on TikTok, if you're on Perfume Talk, it's like everyone loves to shit on like five fragrances and everyone's like, Dior Sauvage is for fuckboys, which, I mean, you know, Johnny Depp is the face of Sauvage. I don't think that that was accidental. But what do you think about fragrances being ascribed as, like, this is a bad person fragrance? Or, like, do you think that there's merit? To, is anyone in here a yeah. Dior Sauvage wearer? Okay, oh, see? Okay. The room got silent. Wow, I'm surprised. You're not going to admit it if you are. It's like, you know, being like, my parents voted for Trump. Like, you're not going to say it if it's true. <laughs> I dated a Sauvage wearer and he fit that stereotype that you're alluding to. So I feel like there are scents that people gravitate towards because it's almost like this like self-reinforcing thing where like sometimes people are like, what is the scent that will get me laid? You yeah. know? Yeah. And like that is one of those scents. Yeah. Interesting. But I feel like it has the opposite effect on me. <laughs> like if yeah. somebody walked by me with a heavy cloud of Dior Sauvage, I don't know. Yeah, you Even know. when it first came out, though, <laughs> come on that's now. You know when that Sauvage hit, you were like, ooh. But, but Trevaya, that's the thing. It's like these things get soiled. That's like what the <laughs> scent did to me. I was like, oh, my. This sounds, it, it's like sinful of a smell, and I'm digging it. You didn't yeah. have that? Honest, the first thing I associated it with was curve. Do you remember True. curve? It like, was the curve I, uh, of today's time. I know, and I all the all the. We're getting an applause for that. Let's just hold yeah. for the curve <laughs> of today's time. What curve didn't get you to? All the people I had crushes on that wore curve were not into me. So. Oh, okay. You know now now I mean? that was true. That was true. <laughs> okay, we are unpacking something. This devils is therapy. Um, <laughs> I do love it though. Okay, Liz. My last question for you is, <laughs> what celebrity fragrance or discontinued or discounted, like something that's like a fragrance net, like wholesale, like came out a while of yesteryear fragrance? What are we sleeping on? What should we all have in our collection? This is so hard because. I, I, I want to answer with like things that are discontinued and hard to find. Mm -hmm. uh, like stash is really good. It smells Sarah like Parker, it smells stash. like a really good like old like your your partner's t-shirt. Like it smells yeah. so good. But I think the two on fragrance net right now that are celebrity that I really like that I one I have done for base note. It's M by Mariah Carey, and it's like oh, a salty. It's a salty marshmallow scent. It's oh, like interesting. An amber. It's it's. For celebrity fragrances, I feel like a lot of people go in the fruity floral direction. Yeah. So whenever I smell like an amber celebrity fragrance, I'm like, wow. I, so I like that one. And I like actually um, Pixie Dust by Paris Hilton. It's like a very white floral, very different from her other, like like her first Paris Hilton. It's a really cute bottle if you like fairies. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Good. To, and we can get them on like fragrance. I double checked today. They're both on wow, fragrance. Wow. Thank set. you for that. Okay. Yeah. Liz is, has your back. Um, thank you, Liz. Okay. Dolma, let's move on to you. What fragrance brands do you think, A, are really killing it right now? And B, mm, let's go back to the drawing board. Need to reevaluate. Um, I, so there are a few brands that I think that, that I actually know because I talk about different consumer brands, especially beauty brands on my TikTok. And so I meet a lot of people in the beauty industry and they, they tell me a lot of things. Ooh. And so I have a sense of which brands are doing well, at least right now. I, I won't say that they necessarily overlap with what brands 
people might like here, what sense people might like here, but business-wise they're doing well. Um, I mean, I actually like Byredo, but Byredo is doing very well. So there's Byredo. There's um, so Floor was just acquired, yes. and then Chriselle Lim, who's yeah. like a big fashion influencer, became the face of it, the partial owner, the creative director, quote unquote. Um, they're doing well at least for now. And then here's a celebrity line that is doing really well. It's like a licensed deal, as they often are. And her beauty brand is not. I don't think it's it has legs. But Ariana Grande sense. It's just a bunch of dupes yeah. of a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But but they're killing it. Do we like Ariana Grande scents? I just don't like that people uh, mm. consider her fragrances dupes. There are yeah. there are, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think it's unfair. Yeah. They're her fragrances. And I think Baccarat should be Baccarat. And what was her cloud? Cloud, cloud. cloud is cloud. Or coconut coconutty. I it's know. A it's a but, coconut. But yeah. for, I just think just calling it a dupe, it does to me, not smell like mm -hmm. Baccarat, but it does smell like Ariana Grande Cloud. That's it's just fair. a pet peeve of mine. I, I, frankly, I don't think she was very involved at all, but that's just my <laughs> guess. <laughs> She's probably like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that smells good. I'll accept that. <laughs> that was my Ariana Grande impression. She, Thank you. She approved the scent. <laughs> yeah. She, she approved the smell. Mm. Mm, yeah, I like it. <laughs> um. Okay, Dalma, speaking of, as you're talking about Ariana Grande, and we've seen so many celebrities, you know, whether they launch a line or they become the face of a fragrance or they launch one fragrance, do you have any predictions of celebrities that might be next for this? Or if it's not even a prediction, just someone that you think, like, you should capitalize on this, you would be a great celebrity face of a fragrance brand. Well, I was going to say Rihanna, but I think she just came out with, with some... Fenty. Well, she has Fenty. Yeah, she has her beauty and her skincare line, mm -hmm. but I think she just released a fragrance. I actually haven't tried it yet, um, but I would be excited to try it because I love everything she does. Um, but, I mean, for example, she would be one. I think there are a lot of celebrities that have a lot of star power where you can easily sort of, like, bottle up, like, supposedly the essence of that celebrity. It's harder to do that with, for example, a beauty brand or a fashion brand because that brand actually has to do something on its own mm -hmm. to have legs, whereas fragrance, you can more easily kind of just have it be like something that smells good and is more of like a brand play. You know, it's an extension of that persona. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like any of the bigs, like Lady Gaga as an extension of her makeup brand or Beyonce, like I feel like any of that. These people all Zendaya. have fragrances. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And yeah. I, I think like they they could tack those on to like their existing brands yeah. and instead of having them so compartmentalized. So. Well, you guys, thank you so much. It has been absolutely so fun talking to you. You guys, give it up for Travalia, Liz, and Dolma. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Emma, Thanks, guys. Ugh, that panel was so fun. I love Travalia, Liz, and Dolma. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This led into the interview with the guest of honor of the evening, Shabnam Tavakol, who is the founder and perfumer of one of my favorite niche brands, Kismet Olfactive. We discuss everything from how she got into fragrance to a chance work meeting that changed the entire trajectory of her career to her experience sleeping with flowers, yes, flowers, in grass, to how she got to exactly where she is now. Here is Shabi. For everybody who doesn't know Shabi, she is the founder and perfumer of Kismet Olfactive. She's an independent perfumer, a, an amazing human. I had the pleasure of meeting you probably like a month-ish ago. Yeah. yeah, and we became fast friends. And um, when I met you, I was just like, "This is this is who I have to interview for Perfume Room Live." So it is She's such sucker, a joy. I don't know how you got me up here. This will be my first and last live. So everybody, take it in. This is a Perfume Room <laughs> take exclusive. Take it while you got it. Uh, and <laughs> you have recently gone viral on the internet. And now oh, yeah. you are, this is the culmination of, of everything. You were on stage yeah, talking about it. So yeah. how are you? Exhausted. Okay. Um, she got so a thousand orders in a week? Two, like three days. Three days. <laughs> That's yeah, freaking the insane. Power, the power of TikTok. Like mazel tov to you. I am Thank so, you. I, I, yeah, am, I am so happy for you. What are you currently wearing, fragrance-wise? I am wearing Tuberose Tantra. I've recently opened a um, store slash studio space with some of my best friends. And... Whenever people come in, they're like, what do you wear? And I was like, oh, 
you know, I switch it up, but this winter I've been wearing Tubero Sontra and nobody really gave a shit about it until okay. like a week ago. You did. And now I am completely sold out and Amazing. have this one precious bottle in my room that I'm Amazing. still wearing. We're so, well, I'll tell you a little story because it also involves some people in the audience, which is that a few weeks ago, uh, my boyfriend and I ate some edibles. We got high beyond. I was like, I need to take the warmest shower of my life. I took a shower. I was like, oh, my God, like, I feel so fucking good. What can I do right now? I oiled my body, including my hair. Not a good idea. Um, <laughs> was greasy. I was like disgusting. And I could not think of anything I wanted more than to douse myself in tuberose tantra. And I was like, I smell like a freaking like goddess. I like sprayed it all over, <laughs> layered with nymphia. And I was like, oh my God. And then my friends from the audience, uh, including Ira, who created that dope, they were waiting for us. And we showed up five hours late because Felipe <laughs> and I thought it would be romantic um, to take a boat to go meet them in Fidei. We're like, we are going to take the New York City ferry. How cool is this? Good for you. We are You're going feeling to the yourself. Ferry. It took us an hour and a half. <laughs> nice. And they specifically picked this spot right next to the subway. And we took the subway home. It took 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was wearing tuberose tantra. Yeah, tra and I thought, transcending. I feel like I walked in and they forgave me because I was like, I am here, <laughs> you know? Glad to hear it's doing things for doing in, things. In, in different ways for different. Yeah, I don't people. know if that was the intention, but thank you for, yeah. for your service. My my pleasure. Anytime. So Shabby, where did it all begin? When did you first get into fragrance? I've always been into fragrance. I uh, I remember being a little kid. I've been. I was thinking about. I was thinking about where it all began. And I remember being a little kid, and this is like so. Uh, this was like a reoccurring thing in my childhood because I'm Persian. My parents were super conservative. I was not allowed to wear makeup or wear um, tank tops, paint my nails. Like the only thing that ever gave me a sense of femininity was perfume. And I remember one time being in like a Tuesday morning or something with my mom. And there was like this little like from India, like little uh, solid perfume that I was like infatuated with. I remember sitting in a corner and just smelling it. And I was like, mom, can I buy this? And I remember taking to my house and I, I was a big fort kid like I made a lot of forts <laughs> now I would pull the couch cushions down yes. pull sheets make forts make my own universe that's a great energy yeah, yeah. and I still kind of that way but I <laughs> um I remember having that little speaking of eating perfume I think I maybe ate a little bit of it too I remember I like was like sitting in the fort and I was like putting perfume on myself like just imagining like being this like pretty older girl and I um yeah, that continued time and time again. I remember getting sunflowers that we were like in a Ross or a TJ Maxx or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, mom, can I get this? It smells so the nice. The Elizabeth Arden sunflowers. Yeah, Classic. sunflowers, yeah. loved. Um, so yeah, I was always into scent, you know, when I was a little kid and I'd have like panic attacks or crying fits, my mom would give me rose water and I would drink rose water and that was like how she would calm me down. So it's kind of always been something that I've been into as mm -hmm. far as my fragrant journey, like in, as a career, that's mm -hmm. also very serendipitous sequence of events, but always has been kismet? like very indeed kismet, wow. hence, hence the name of the brand. I'm from California. I, I used to live in LA and I remember I was working at this, I was working for a magazine called Monster Children, but on the weekends I was working at this place called the Golden State. And I remember it was like a little boutique of all California brands, makers, and a woman from Topanga Canyon dropped off like her bohemian roll-ons. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, people create perfume. Like mm -hmm. there's, that's a, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And then like hours later, a woman from New York walked into the door that was a perfumer and she, um, we got to talking. Somehow she told me she owned like a small perfume brand. And I was like, oh, cool. I think that's, that's so interesting. Like, how did you learn? She was like, you should read um, a book called Essences and Alchemy. And I, I, of course, picked that up. And like just little bits, little glimmers of like, oh, this could be like a career came up. And I read every book. I bought every essential oil. I started mm -hmm. experimenting. And yeah, it's been a slow progression, but a very kind of easy one. It's just kind of happened really naturally. Well, you have a really holistic background because you are now an independent perfumer, but I know you've had jobs working as a lab technician or assistant. I don't know. Is that the right title? Lab? Yeah. Lab you've worked tech in retail. You've, um, you've kind of like gone in a lot of different paths that are all in the fragrance world. Can you take us through like the different jobs that you've had and then how, what led to you going to perfume school? Yeah, I, um, 
So I, like I said, I used to work in publishing. I moved to New York to work for a magazine and moved to New York, moved to Bushwick, which was like, you know, a bit jarring. And um, I worked for a magazine called Bullet. They were a really cool indie lifestyle magazine and they had no advertising in cosmetics and fragrance. And I was like, why don't you guys, uh, that's where all the money is at. Why don't you guys um, advertise? And they're like, maybe that could be your sector. Like you could start that up. So I went, I scheduled a meet, I somehow finagled a meeting with Cody and I was in that meeting and was like, holy shit, there's like a whole, where they were talking about like the upcoming launch and the perfumer and this and that. And I was like, wow, there's a whole world behind fragrance. Um, Within days, like took a sabbatical from my job and I was like, I think that I want to do that. I think I want to switch careers. I think I want to like go into perfumery. I don't know what that means or how to get there, but like that felt right. Mm -hmm. Quit my job, was cruising around the city, like didn't know what to do or where to go. And I was walking down Elizabeth Street and I walked past Le Labo and I was like, this is like where they make the concoctions, this is where they make the perfumes. And I, I had walked by a couple of times and was like too like bashful to walk in. And that serendipitous day, I walked in and... It's intimidating to walk in there. It is. And like at that point, at that t- moment in time before Le Labo was like huge, it was just very like cool and dark in there. And like they were playing like The Cure and like they were, you know, yeah. it was kind of like a bit more off the beaten. And they... Yeah. Um, I walked in and Isaac, I remember, was the manager at the time. And he he was like, yeah, we're hiring. Like, if you're interested, like, we're hiring. Send me your resume. And I was like, cool, yeah. And so I did. And they hired me on. And then I left for Central America and, like, let go of my job. It was a whole thing. But that was kind of where, that's, like, where it all began. You got hired and you're like, I'm actually traveling? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I, I yes, yes, kind of. Because that, like, transition in my life. Thank you, but actually, <laughs> mm. <laughs> It was like at a moment where I was like kind of really needing to travel and wanting yeah. to travel. And so me and my friend Megan, who we work together now, she was like, let's go to Central America. We're two like broke ass girls. We can go travel for cheap. Like, let's get a backpack on and go. And I was like, all right, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And so we like bought tickets and then I got the job and then I was going to cancel the flight. And I was like, Megan, this is amazing. My training, I'm like smelling perfumes and like taking notes and like, this is, this is everything I, I think I ever wanted. And she was like, you'll get the job again. You'll get another job in perfumer. You're not going to have this opportunity in your life again to, to backpack. We're young. Let's do it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I did quit, my, quit <laughs> the job that I hardly had. Mm-hmm. Traveled for three months. Had like the best experience of my life. Came back and got hired with Le Labo to open their second store in New York at the Ace Hotel. So, cool. so like it all was meant to be. And that was, you know, a really fruitful time and experience with them. Yeah. And then you, we moved on to Enfleurage, right? Yeah. And then so on the weekends, I worked at this um, indie kind of cult following essential oils shop called Enfleurage. And um, they specialize in natural raw materials. They travel all around the world. They source um, incredible, incredible raw materials. And they have like relationships with farmers and they understand like the distillation process. And it's really amazing. And so I worked there on the weekends, was there uh natural perfumer I guess and that and they were the ones that were really like you need to pursue a higher education in perfumer you have talent you've learned what you can here and you should move to grass and I was like yeah okay sure you're like or I could just backpack again and <laughs> yeah. so I basically you, did do that what were you learning at Enflora like what was it about your like what you were doing that your managers were like oh like you need to take this further I think what I really learned there was, understanding naturals, Mm -hmm. natural materials. I was doing like the production in the back. So I was like, you know, taking the kilos, breaking them down into the floor stock basically. Mm -hmm. So I really, really, really got familiar with naturals. Mm -hmm. And I think that really set the foundation for my understanding of perfumery because it all stems from naturals. And um, yeah, I mean, I was like, I don't know, I was making like, you know, weird, like hippie, hippie blends. And they were like, these are great. These are actually good. You know, like for someone that doesn't have any technical training, these are all turning out really beautifully. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they also saw like that I had, like I cared and I had passion and I loved it. And they were like, there, this is something you need to explore. So I did. Okay. And then the next stop, perfume school. Yeah. And so then I got, so it's funny because I, um, 
applied to the school two days before the cutoff and somehow got, you know, emailed to have to take the test and interview. And I went to, you know, for like fast forward some years, Christoph Ladimiel's lab, Dream Air, um, to take my test and interview with his assistant at the time. And to I remember, get into school in Gras. Yeah, to get into school. So I went to his lab did the test. Who is the creator of Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah, Fierce. He created Fierce. Yes. Which also, I bought that fragrance for my boyfriend in seventh grade. So if we want to talk about like... Full circle. Yeah, if we yeah. want to talk about full circle and like young days of wearing perfume, like I was like about it at yeah. a very young age. Wow. Um, yeah, they so I... It's kismet. It's, yeah, yeah. time and time, time, time and time, time and again. Time and time again, time and time again. Um, yeah, so I, I took the test, took the interview, and I remember when she was interviewing me, I think she was like, I remember her being very like flustered because I was basically interviewing her. I was like, so tell me about perfume, because she was an alumni. I was like, tell me what grass is like, tell me what perfumery school is like, like what are you doing now? And I was like, she, she couldn't even get a question in. Yeah. I was like, tell me everything. And then, yeah, I was accepted. They accept 12 students per year. And what was the application like? What did you, what was the test you had to do? It's a five part test. I can tell you because now I'm the one that administers all the tests for them. So I've been doing it since I graduated. So I like the students. I like cover all of North America for wow. people that want to apply to the school. I get all their applications and it's very full circle again. Mm -hmm. um, it's a five part test. Uh, first part is like scent marketing. You get a blotter in blind and you have to answer a series of questions and actually draw out what the bottle, what you imagine the bottle would be based on the smell. Mm -hmm. um, two parts olfaction, one part logic, which was ridiculous and still is ridiculous. And every time a student takes a test, they're like, what is this asking me? I don't understand. I'm like, I think that's just something very French. I'm not sure what the logic, <laughs> what the what the logic portion of it the test is French. about. And then the last portion is math, like uh, calculating like formula calculations. And so what part, like, did you study chemistry at all? Like, I know that there's such a science aspect to creating fragrance. Like, mm -hmm. what was your background in that? And what is the balance of science and art? Definitely didn't study science or chemistry. Uh, never was my strong suit in high school or anything. Um, yes, they say that if you have a chemistry background, it can be helpful. As someone who's, you know, been working in the industry for a little while, I don't, I don't, I mean, yes, I could see how it could be helpful, but it's not necessary. Um, Zipka, one of the other big schools, they require a chemistry degree. Um, but I think perfumery is equal part science, math, poetry, psychology. It's so many things wrapped into one that it's, no, it's not, you know, that, that deterred me for a long time. I was like, I don't know chemistry. I'm not a, like, I'm not, science is not my strong suit. Right. Um, but no, not necessary. Could be helpful. But. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get into the school. So I get into the school. And you, you're like, buy the lavo. Buy I'm actually now buy, going to buy France. everything that I've ever known. Yeah. I've never been to Europe. I don't speak a lick of French. Okay. I don't know a single person or what I'm doing. Just like blindly kind of move out to France. Um, and yeah, it was like the most insane year of my life it's one year the program the program's one year um and it's a lot jam-packed in one year it's um you know th the career of a perfumer is like forever unfolding you're always going to be learning one year is certainly not enough but we got through a lot um mm -hmm. and yeah it was I don't know I don't know what to say about it it was a wild ride like I was so alone out there like I lived in a French woman's back pool house how did that how did you figure how did you find that situation is it like Craigslist. I, I, yeah, that, that's the thing they don't really give you like a whole lot of instruction of yeah. like how to transition in so it was like I didn't know what to do I just booked an Airbnb for a month then I got out there and I was like can I stay for another month like I don't know like there's like a student housing but it's like I didn't want to live in that so yeah. I stayed in this woman's back house and which was amazing but then I ended up moving into her house which was also really cool like she was like my French mother she would like uh go to her friend's farm and like bring me like radishes and like taught me how to make like radish soup and stuff like that it was like I don't know I don't, I don't know how wow. to explain that experience it was you like she like took an me eat smell love yeah like to journey. totally to yeah. totally okay 
Interesting. <laughs> totally. Wow. So who were your peers? Like there are 12 of you. Like yeah. what, what was it like to yeah. be in school? And, and are they all perfumers now as well? Um, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic because so there's, you know, it was I was from the U.S. We had one person from France, one person from Spain, two from Italy, two from India, one from Tokyo, one from like we were all kind of from different places. And um talk about a culture clash like we you know like just ha all have like totally different backgrounds come from different places speak different languages everybody wants to be a perfumer so there's naturally like I've heard that years prior the students like go ape shit on each other like it's it's really competitive wow. um but my class just so happened we all like loved each other and we're still in very close contact and we have a group text that we're like all on and we used to like get drunk together we would stay at school we'd put cameras on this we'd put cups on the security cameras and uh stay past the the school hours because everybody just wanted to be there and like formulate and smell raw materials like we were all like so dorky i love that for you yeah that's it's, amazing it's cool Okay, so when you graduated perfume school, did you feel like you had all the tools? Like, you were like, I'm going to hit the ground running? Like, I know then that's after school is when you worked for Kristoff, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't feel like I could just hit the ground running. Actually, half of the time I was in school, I was like, what in the fuck am I going to do? Like, how, what am I going to... Yeah, like, what were you learning? Like, what... So we do, we had different courses. We did, we have an olfaction course, obviously. Um, for the first three months, you just smell natural raw materials. You don't touch a synthetic for after three months. Um, then we had a formulation class. We had an application class. We had a chemistry class. We had a genealogy class. We had like a sourcing course. Uh, Jean-Claude Elena came in and he would, he like made a couple little like projects for us to do with like the the museum, the 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 grass museum, the perfumery museum. Um, yeah, it was like, it was intense. It was a lot. We had a competition at the very end. It's like that we have a sponsor for the year and they give you two like raw materials. That's going to be, everyone has to construct around it. They provide them our raw materials. Um, and yeah, there's a lot going on in a year. And like, you're hardly touching the surface after you graduate. It's like, well, you don't, you're like a lost puppy after you're like, okay, I just learned all of this amazing stuff. Like, where do I go with it? What do I right. do? Um, and the industry is so small. It's not like you just like leap out into the world and get a, a, a job immediately. I think that I was very fortunate for how my transition out of school yeah so tell what happened so you graduated and you came back to new york no i graduated and moved to paris we have to do like an apprenticeship in the middle of school and recommend one after school so everybody was just kind of scrambling like you know everyone was hitting up all of the major fragrance houses ifab she on whatever and i was like nope i know who i want to apprentice for I was like so sure and um which it was chanel and I went to my administration and was like, yeah, I want to do my apprenticeship with, with like Christopher Sheldrick. He, he's like the head of R&D and one of the creative directors. Um, and they're like, okay, yes. Every year a student, if not a handful, says that and wants to work for Chanel because they have their own private flower fields in mm. the south of France, wow. which is really dreamy. And they're one of the few brands that creates the, the, they create in-house. Um, which is why I wasn't like, I mean, I, I always wore their perfumes when I was younger, um, but I was just more so interested that they're creating in-house. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And they're like, okay, well, that likely won't happen. They've never accepted a student. And I was like, that's fine. I'm going to try. Um, so I like wrote this like ridiculous love letter, like so like non-formal for like approaching like the biggest, you know, brand. Can you drop a line from it? I think I started with like, this is a love story. <laughs> um, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, and, and like, I just remember eat, like I was eating pizza with my, my best friend in school, Minnie. Um, I was eating pizza with her and Christopher Sheldrick like called me. What? Yeah, straight up just called me. He was like, hello, Shabby. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He was like, this is Christopher Sheldrick from Chanel. And I was like, what like I just like blacked out pretty much and he's like yeah we want to fly you out to Paris and um yeah so I did that and amazing uh, yeah so you it was, did you did you worked for Chanel I mean I, I apprenticed there I yeah I, yeah 
I, you I, did, I did, like, you know, yeah. That's Huge. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh my it was God. crazy. And then so after school, they like asked me to come back and I did a stint with them. And then like, you know, me and my lover, we lived in Paris and had a really dreamy moment in time. And how did you meet your lover? Uh, <laughs> I met him back in my life in Los Angeles. Uh, when I worked for the magazine, he worked for one of the brands that I really like admired and was a, a big fan of. And I was like, yeah, how do I get like some, like to one of my other friends, like how do I get some swag from Huff? Like I want to get them like in the magazine. He's like, oh yeah, you need to contact this guy, Cody. I was like, cool. So I like sent him an email and was like, hey, I want to like talk about whatever, getting some like product and have a photo shoot with your guys' like clothing. And he came to the office and like introduced himself. And I was like, oh, he's cute and like sweet and like, doesn't have like a scummy air about him. Mm-hmm. Um, All the yeah. criteria, yeah, check, yeah, check, yeah, check. Hits, okay. yeah, checks the checks the boxes. Um, but yeah, nothing. We were just very good friends at that point in time, and uh, yeah, it wasn't until actually I lived on the other side of the world that we like reconnected. Because I know you said the poet is inspired by your yeah he is Cody. yeah he is my muse for that fragrance. I'm like trying to make eye contact, but I don't know which one is Cody. I'm just looking at you. Are you? He's the handsome gent in the white shirt. Hey. The salt and pepper hair. Okay. All right. Hey, Cody. Wow. He has such a big smile. This is really sweet. What fragrances really inspired you that got you into fragrance? Yeah. All the classics you guys were talking about was was there. Like Gap Dream was my business. I loved that smell. I mean, all of them, they all served a purpose, like Victoria's Secret Love Spell. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, that was it at that that moment. That was it. All of them, Ralph, Romance, Terry, and one of my best friends, like one of my only Persian friends, Yasi. If you ask who's the most fragrant person in my life, it's her because Mm -hmm. we were always frag like frag heads together like she we would go to the sephora or wherever and just like try all this stuff i remember one time we were in vegas and we like went to go shopping and i walked away with some like bcbg generation and like totally reminds me of that moment in time but it was just yeah every scent has like served i think has been a part of the journey and like contributed to the the big picture and it's funny because now i create scents and i'm like so don't create scents like the scents that I wore when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, the maximalist comment, I'm really happy because I'm definitely a maximalist mm-hmm. creator and perfume wearer. Mm-hmm. I think I've never been into the softies or the skin scents. Like I don't really see a purpose in them. Um, not myself. So I'm a total maximalist. So knowing that you were at Chanel, like what made you decide you wanted to go the independent route? Was that always something that you knew? Uh, yeah. I, I um, as absolutely amazing and dreamy as that stint was, that was the first time I ever <laughs> had to be somewhere at 9 a.m. and like leave at five or six. And that work style that like those restrictions like and also kind of like doing the same thing every day was like so not for me Mm -hmm. I I like to come and go as I please and I don't work well and I'm not creative if I'm like have these like rigid boundaries Mm -hmm. um but more than anything even when I was leaving I was like you know, a mess when I was leaving Chanel. I'm like, where am I supposed to go from here? Like, I like just like graduated school and came to like creme de la creme. Right. And they were like, okay, Shabi, just know that like the outside perfumery world is not going to be like this. You're going to enter a fragrance house and you're going to be competing against the perfumers that are your peers in the house. So it's, it is a competitive, the the nature of the industry is very competitive. And I was like, that sounds horrible. I don't want to do that. And not to mention just to even get to the point where you are a perfumer, you have to be a lab technician for five years, seven years, 10 years. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I have like too many ideas I want to explore. I don't, it just seemed like there was like no other way for me, I think. Um, Even though this is a very like difficult route to go down, not only like financially and, but like as someone who doesn't like have a reputation to just step in and say like, I'm going to be an indie and like launch this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard. And I, I felt like I had like a weird position because I had like all of this 
people of status and I went and I had was technically trained. So I think like the natural progression is go to a fragrance house, you know, climb the ladder, do the thing. And I just was like, I don't want to do that. Right. That's not my vibe. But you were a lab tech after, right? So you did I was, do, yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the, I was a lab tech for Christoph, which is like a perfect segue for me because he's an independent perfumer. He came from IFF, from an right. H, and he was a master perfumer at a fragrance house and he transitioned into indie. Granted, he is like huge reputation, has made like the biggest blockbusters. Right. Um, but just Polo being, Blue and Fierce. Yeah, just, and, yeah, countless. Like yeah. his- Strange Love. Yeah, Strange Love. He's- um, he's incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, and just working under him and seeing how he runs the business and seeing how um, he formulates was, I think, really, I, I, like, you know, each part was a piece to the puzzle. And cr- my time with Christoph was absolutely, you know, really crucial to becoming independent and, like, seeing that there's a way and knowing that um, you can create without briefs. You can create... Um, you know, experimental, beautiful fragrances and people will accept that and it's just a different path and it's a different style, but it can be done. And um, yeah, that was that was an important part of the journey, actually. Let's pick two fragrances that um, you really feel like talking about tonight and let's smell them and talk about the inspiration and the creation process behind them. Um, okay, I think my, I think Nostalgia... Let's do nostalgia and one other. Should we do two breast tantra since? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. She's having a hot moment. Let's talk about nostalgia. Um, nostalgia, first scent of the collection. I I knew that I wanted to make like an ode to grass, like where I went to school and studied, and but I just didn't really know like how do I even approach this? Every scent that's like based on the south of France of grass is like, you know going to be orange blossom and rose and this and that and that was not my experience there it wasn't like flowers and butterflies I was like you know I had like manic episodes when I lived there I was like I remember in this woman's house in the back of yeah oh yeah it was with the radishes yeah I had I would drink like a bottle of wine by myself more frequently than I should admit and I would like (laughs) we've all been there yeah, yeah 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 I mean when in France when in France but it was kind of there I had a lot of dark periods with the light came a lot of darkness and I was in total solitude and I discovered a lot about myself and my demons and um my alcoholism and (laughs) uh nostalgia I wanted to be reflective of that so my fragrances that I create I don't really create for other people I create them for myself they're extension of me and uh, my experiences and the way I see the world so nostalgia is an ode to grass and yes there is a slight rose de may note which is the famous rose that grows there um but it's also very like deep and dark and leathery because grass was also originally before it was like you know marked as this city of flowers and 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 fragrance like it was a tanning, leather tannering right? yeah, yeah, yeah city so it's like a deeply deeply leathery there's a slight floral hint in there mm-hmm. and then the top is Pastis is is an anise note because Mm. I discovered uh, pastis while I lived there, which is like the worker man's like nitty gritty, like national beverage. Mm. And it really translates on the skin. It's one of those scents that I feel like it's um, when you smell it on a blotter or on the bottle, it doesn't do it justice. But when you wear it on the skin, it really transforms and it really transcends. And it's um it's nostalgic to me like to that that was my impression of grass and it was not you know a pretty city of flowers it Mm -hmm. was a lot more than that oh also I think it's really it was really difficult for me to just start from a blank sheet my first scent and like putting it out there it's very different when you get an assignment and someone's like oh create this and you're like okay yeah I can play with that I'm not like that emotionally attached but creating something from the ground up that's like your first exposure to the world was like really scary so I went to Cody and I was like how do I like what should I do like this is what I want to do but like how am I going to translate that and he's like okay let's like keep it simple like a um an ode is kind of like a sonnet and a sonnet is like 14 lines so like maybe you can like structure it around something like poetic like a sonnet and I was Mm -hmm. like okay that sounds cool maybe I'll use 14 ingredients and Mm. which is also very difficult to do is create with lesser ingredients 
Uh, but yeah, it was like, that's how it came to be. There's 14 ingredients in there. And it's really um, a beast of a scent for 14 materials. I love nostalgia. And it for me, it feels like this, like the tonka bean in there is like so cozy and yeah. it's like a hug. But then it feels like you feel like sort of like a cold stone. Like, I just love the dichotomy of exactly what you said of like, this like enveloping cozy feel, but then this feel of something sort of cold and stoic at the same yeah. time intermingled. Yeah, it was a cold and stoic time. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that, that translated. Okay, let's move on to Tuberose Tantra. Tuberose Tantra. So in my time at school, we one of so our formulation class, our assignments each week was to recreate the smell of a really important ingredients in perfumery. So apple. From apple, we would create a pear. From pear, we would create, I don't know, frangipani. From frangipani, we'd create tuberose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know the smell of tuberose, which is a very famous flower, white floral in perfumery and in France. And I was like, how am I going to create this flower that I don't know the smell of it? So after we were assigned that day, I went to the flower market and bought a bunch of tuberose and like, instantly was obsessed with it like I got so into it that I actually slept with the flowers in bed you are isolated yeah no I wasn't (laughs) I wasn't alone and crazy (laughs) um totally losing my mind so I slept with the flowers in my bed and um true story like I woke up I wanted to smell like every stage of the fresh flower when it was wilting what it smelled like as it was dying down Um, and so Cody and I write all of the texts together Mm -hmm. and I, we kind of like, you know, sit down and drink wine and smoke cigarettes and do the poetics that are on the labels that are so beautifully designed by Melia, who's in this crowd. Yeah. Everyone should give a shout out to Mel. I really like... I can't, I can't like take credit for Kismet alone. The bottles are beautiful. The the labels are beautiful. The first sentence is based on a true story. Have you ever slept with a flower? Yeah. But a lady doesn't tell, right? Yeah. I mean, I I, like, I was, I was like, fuck, is this going to come across corny? But like, if (laughs) anyone ever calls me out on it, like I have, I remember like taking a, like a photo with me with the flowers. I was like, this really happened. So if anyone calls me out, um, I will call you back. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's always something new to explore if you take nothing else from tonight. Like, go to the flower market and see flowers a little bit differently. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen, I have like a thousand more questions that I could ask you, Shabby. Yep. But for the sake of time, I know we have to end right now. Um, yep. We are going to play rapid fire, like literally 30 seconds. Okay. What's that smell? Okay. Wyatt, are you here? Ooh, what's that smell? Yay. Okay. <laughs> Check, check. Okay, we got to do this real quick. Okay, cool. We ran yeah, over. yeah, I've we got like a over. few here. I'll pull the good ones. Okay, so Wyatt's going to go back and forth. They're all good Wait, ones. Wait, Wyatt, I hear your name all the time. What's your relation? Like, are you guys like... No, we just got put in contact. Like, I went to like a party for a friend of a friend of a friend, and then they were like, well, apparently a couple of Emma's friends were there, and she was like, they're like, you should, go, you know... You're in podcast. She's looking for like another editor or whatever. So cool. So, you yeah, do, you do such a great job. I hear your no, I hear your voice or not your voice. Your name. This is Wyatt, every, everybody. Every, every give it up for Wyatt. Like, you get, I'm just you like get some you credit. All. Don't worry. You, you gotta on. get some okay, credit. Okay, we gotta do this super yes, quick. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what is the smell of? You said you lived in Bushwick. What is the smell of too drunk in Brooklyn? Piss and beer. I don't know. It checks out. Checks I feel out. like that's. Do you, yeah. have, do you have an answer to that? I would say piss and pizza. Piss and pizza. Yeah, Yeah, they all go hand in hand. Yeah. Mm. What is the smell of uh, the elementary school hallway y'all went to? Elementary school? I don't really have like a vivid... um, High school? But preschool. Preschool. I like distinctly remember the smell of the hand soap from the little pump. It was a dial soap. It, I don't know what it, I still don't know what it was, but I remember it was pink when it came out. And every oh, so yes, often, that like marbleized, yeah, soap. The yes. marbleized, yeah, the marbleized one. And every so often, I'll go to like an airport okay. or something. I remember sipping on the step stool and I would like pump it in. Like I, I just remember really liking that smell. And uh, Neela crackers or wafers. Oh yeah, that no, was like wafers. the smell of my preschool yeah. years. Um, do you want me to ask one more, or do you want to do the last question? I guess we should do the last question. Yeah. yeah okay. The final question. All right. What what do we got? I'm what scared. What is the smell of kismet olfactive? 
Um, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. I don't know. I guess the smell of Kismet Olfactive is the smell of my life. Me. Um, it's grand right there. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Wow. Great. I feel like we've gone somewhere tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm such a fan of Kismet Olfactive. When I smelled your scents, I was just like, you are just so talented. And I was just so, felt so lucky to be in your presence because I just love what you've created. For people in the room, they can come up to this table after the show yes, and, and give them a smell. Smell them and spray them. Wait, at your wait, can we take a moment yeah. to talk and acknowledge what you've created? Because this Truly. is like, Truly. this isn't about give me. It up. Like, this is what you, you, I really like. I don't follow a lot of people and I'm like kind of out of touch, but your podcast is like truly something that I listen to and I'm so happy to. And you really have taught me a lot and all of your guests are amazing. And this is like, you know, this, yeah, this is, yeah. Turning it back around on you, like making me feel awkward. This (laughs) is, I actually listened to an earlier episode today just to like kind of let it all sink in that I'm going to be the year anniversary show. And I was like, wow, you've really come a long way. Like you're, so flawless you're so quick and witty and knowledgeable and i mean like let's give it up for emma really really. and i think it speaks to it also that like we have other other than liz like former guests in the audience michelle's here legally blind somalia (laughs) wow amazing okay well i just want to say thank you everyone who's in here for listening for supporting um, for being part of this journey. New listeners, you guys got a lot of catching up to do. And Shavi, it's been such a joy to have you on the stage. Thank you for sharing your stories and your wisdom and your time. And everybody My here, pleasure. if you are watching, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us your night. And thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.